Welcome to the Serving Leaders Podcast, where we talk about health and ministry leadership. In part two of Dave Wiedis' interview of Bob Fair, they continue their discussion on the nature of depression, why it happens to ministry leaders, and the best treatments for depression. So we're back today with part two uh, with Bob Fair. We're talking about depression and specifically when leaders get depressed yes and if, if in the last uh, session bob described his bout his long long bout with depression uh while he was, was a youth pastor and we were then talking about this idea of the differences between you know being depressed um as an emotion as an emotion and versus as a mood as a mood versus as clinical, clinical. depression yes. when it lasts uh, two weeks yes, or, or more, more or more right. And then you're going to talk more about what we do in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, so then, uh, so that if you if you feel that you've been clinically depressed for, you're not even sure. Don't even try to figure it out. Just yeah. get to uh, your doctor. Just get to your doctor. You can. It now people will go online and try to figure it out because that's just the nature of the, where we're at these days. If you're going to do anything to try to figure this out, I will give you one source. If you and I think you can get it online, and it, you can do it in a self-administered way, but let someone else interpret the data for you. So there's something called a Beck Depression Inventory. It's a series of questions that you can take where you rate yourself on certain levels of things, and then you can tabulate the number, and you can get kind of a, a quantified sense of uh, how depressed you might be. And then you, this is nice because you bring this with you to your primary care physician. And because now you have this really nice yeah. document that helps them to see, oh, yeah, I can see you might have this. And let's talk about that. Yeah. Now, now, there's one more thing to know um, about this. And it's vitally important that you figure out what uh, kind of depression, what kind of clinical depression it is. Because you can have unipolar depression. And you can have bipolar depression. And you always have to rule out, just like you have to rule out whether you got bit by a Lyme's disease bug, whatever that virus is, or if you have hypothyroidism and what the source of that is, you also have to rule out bipolar. Well, I I just want to caution you. It, yes. It's really not up to me, the person who's feeling oh, yeah. depressed. Yeah, to, you don't to rule that out. Oh, no, no, no. You don't. I'm not the one to rule it out. No. I'm one of professional to rule mm-hmm. it out. Okay. Yes. So you want to help us understand the difference between unipolar and bipolar. Okay, right. And so, so bipolar, it just means, as, as the name suggests, there's two poles. So for the, for the typical person, you know, we can have our up days and then we just have like our plain vanilla okay days and then we can have not so great days. Mm-hmm. And so for the person that's more in the depressed mood or a clinical depressed, you know, their moods are limping along at the bottom pole, you might say. Okay. And then for some people, uh, you see this uh, for kids, teenagers, early 20s, you'll see this phenomenon where they, they suddenly don't need sleep. They're talking really fast. It's hard to interject. They have racing thoughts. Um, they have grandiose ideas that are temporary, maybe that go on for days. Mm-hmm. And and you, they don't notice it, but the people around them notice it. And so this is some of the stuff that goes with the bipolar piece. And this one is really important to know if that's what's going on for you or a loved one, because... 
This one here, unlike depression, where whether you would choose to take a depression medication or not might be something between you and your doctor to figure out. With, with bipolar disorder, and there's, there's a couple different types of it, but I would say you're probably better off with a mood stabilizer as a medication um, because it's, it's, it's genetic, whereas I'm not sure that the dep unipolar depression one you can argue is genetic, but definitely right. the bipolar one is. So, so mm -hmm. pastors often will run into congregants who have some of these kinds of symptoms that you're yes. talking about and signs. And um, so the best thing that they can do would be to say refer them yes. to, to someone who will be able to diagnose this in a, in a professional manner. Yes, and then consider what would be the, the mood stabilizer medication to help them right. with that. Now, let me, let me just ask this because I think this is an important question. There are some people in Christian leadership, in the Christian mm -hmm. world, who would suggest that to be depressed is a spiritual issue or it's a moral failure issue. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of judgment that's cast on people who are depressed. Sometimes it's, a lack, it's, it's ascribed to being having a lack of faith. Would you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are maybe, there, there are two different things. Um, you know, a person, because, because a person can get depressed for so many reasons, could it be possible that a person is, maybe it's a lack of faith, maybe? But I, I tend to think that it's too narrow of a way of understanding someone. Mm -hmm. and, and who doesn't have a lack of faith? Really, yeah. right? <laughs> can can you can you point me to someone? I don't I don't I've never met anyone that doesn't have a lack of faith somewhere. Right. And it, right. if they don't have a lack of faith, you know, I'm going to start to worry about them. Mm -hmm. You know, because they're not really in touch, right? So I would say, um, people have categories of it's sinful. It's sinful mm -hmm. for you to be depressed. It's 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 not spiritual for mm -hmm. you to be depressed. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so so here I would break it out to. You know, we're, we're, we're talking mostly about something that's emotional. And it does have thought parts of it. We, we can sin in our thoughts. And we certainly sin in our behaviors. And so I would say, yeah, it could be that, that's a part, that sin is a part of it. But it's like a complex, you know, a complex is like a complex thing. It's not just like one thing. Yeah. And so you can have the, maybe some, some things that you're doing that probably are not good for you if you're, if you're depressed and you're numbing yourself by some, some means that you can imagine people would do, then that's going to be, you know, in that sin category. Yeah. But, but, but the idea of someone having, for example, you mentioned a genetic predisposition. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a disorder known as bipolar yes. disorder. It's not somebody's fault. They didn't do something to get bipolar disorder. Right, right. And so, so yeah, and you're, you're really actually doing significant damage to them by sending them this message because for the reasons that you just described, this is something that it's going to turn on for them. And then it's just a matter of managing managing you, that in their life. You mean the the bipolar? The bipolar is going to be turned on by yeah. something, right? Usually, a lot of times, I think my my hunch is that it gets turned on by trauma. Um, and then maybe for some other people, maybe it just kind of gets turned on, maybe by some other things. But there's usually that element to it. Mm -hmm. This is not their fault. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and so and so. Um, it's not a moral failure to be depressed. 
Yeah, and, you, not, and you and you yes. talked about the idea. That there's yes. a functional reason for depression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your 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 emotions are telling you something. Right. 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 So okay. So the emotion. So let's talk about what emotion would be for a second, and so this will help people get it. Uh, so the way I think about emotion and emotion is it's like an internal signal that you sense somehow we have these ability to sense or notice these different parts of us. So we're, we're sensing mysteriously this signal that's telling us what to pay attention to. That's what emotion does. It tells you what to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like the, if you, if you, because we have nerves in our foot, if we stepped on the nail pain, it tells you what to pay attention to. Oh, there's a nail on your foot. Oh, stop and take okay. the nail out. And stop to take the nail out. Right. Now, you can have false, false positives on, the, on that back end of telling, telling you what, to, what matters to you. That part, you can have a false positive. So, for example, if you're walking along and you step on the nail, and, you know, and, and all that happened and that got healed. But then a year later, you're walking down that same place. You could feel that pain again. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's like it's like an artifact. Yeah. So it, t- it tells you what to pay attention to, and I would say, but I would still want that in there for you, even if someone might say, but that's false, that's not true. Yes, it's it's not true, but it also helps me to remember. Well, in the spot there could be nails, right? Other right. nails. So pay attention. So it tells you what to pay attention to. So we don't want to see emotion as something beyond that. That's real. That's its functional role. Yeah. And so it just. But if you have neuropathy in your foot. If you, if you if you can't feel right talk about that so yeah right so if you can't feel then you don't really if you can't feel it means you're having the signal but the signal is so blunted inside you're not aware of it and so therefore you don't know what it's trying to tell you right. there's something in your environment that you need to pay attention to right so if I'm feeling depressed there's a reason for it yes there's and, always a reason and and, and it's, it's like there's a signal here I need to pay attention it's like there's an engine light going on. I need to stop and look under the under the hood and see what is happening. What? Yes, okay. that's 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 what you're trying to do. You're trying to slow down and and try to, you know, sense. Well, the the way a good way to do it is to first notice it, and then interestingly enough, the emotion will tell you. It will take you to where the thing is that you need to pay attention to. Now that might be kind of a, a strange thing because. You might think, well, you're not really supposed to listen to your emotion. And I would say, maybe, but you want to know where it wants it's trying to take you. And then you make a decision on what, whether you want to, to go in that direction or not. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm making a kind of a distinction here that's a bit tricky for people. Um, but first, we notice the, the nail on our foot, you know, the emotional, you know, the depressed, the depression. That means there's pain somewhere. Right. Yeah, and, and so and then there's a reason why there's the pain and there's a reason why the, and, and so sometimes paying attention to that mm-hmm. can help us I'm, I'm feeling sad I'm feeling low I'm feeling there's something going on in my life oh yeah that's right um, I haven't been getting along with my kids or I've, I've been having these thoughts that my sermons are really not landing well or I don't feel as, as, as bright as I think I am and therefore I'm coming across a certain way those that's are all right. things to pay attention to right yeah. right and, and, and then that can be enormously helpful because sure. then you might need to get a little bit of feedback or a little bit of coaching on your sermon or you might who knows but you won't do that if you don't listen to the depression right let me ask you though there but there, there's you know there's jonah 
There's Elijah. There are, mm-hmm. there are people in our scriptures right. who experience significant depression. Right, right, right. So therefore, you know, were they, were they, was, was Elijah sinning? Yeah. Was Jonah sinning when he got depressed and said, Lord, you know, just like kill me now? <laughs> right. Right. And, and I think sometimes, well, the way I approach this sometimes, Bob, is let's just recognize that we all have sin. We all sin. Right. And, and so that's, right. a, that's a common, we all depressed. Yes. Right. So now what are we going to do about this? Let me, let me ask you about medication just yes. for a moment too, because there's some people who would say taking medication is just a crutch. It's, that is a lack of faith as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I guess for me, um, I like crutches. <laughs> you know, I, w- I would be curious to the person who would think that way, you know, well, are you saying you don't have any crutches? Well, you know, and, and the, the, the person who's got a broken foot who needs a crutch, yeah, shouldn't, you know, do you want them to just like walk across the street on Fifth Avenue in New York without a crutch? You want them to like get run over by a cab? What do you, what do you want them to do here? Right. And, so, and then, and then also there is like for, for certain forms of bipolar disorder, uh, the, the medication is going to address the, 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 the issues. And it's going to flatten out the high and the low is what it'll do so that you can be more functional. Right. 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 Um, so I think you've talked about this, but I just want to sort of put a fine point on the, the idea of depression and why it makes sense that a person who's in ministry can get depressed. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so because they, uh, a person in ministry, let's say they start off like me, uh, and you go back to the last podcast to hear my story, but it's real fast. There were certain things that were already kind of in my um, in my thoughts going into being a youth pastor, such as well, I want to be useful, I want to make a difference for Jesus, I love the Lord, I want Him to be proud of me, I want to serve Him well, you know, and hear the well done, good and faithful servant. You know, I want all that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it has a high value for me. And, and so that collides with, well, I have very little in my control. And often, the harder I work, I don't always, you know, log lo- the mission returns. You don't, you don't always see yields. Yeah. There are, but you don't see them. And so if your life is defined by some rule like a ruling passion, which hopefully you'll get into a little bit more in a podcast, which is a wonderful thing to know about. Um, you know, we're driven by these kind of rules in there, and then the rules are actually can be what make us depressed. In other words, in other words, the thoughts that tell me I ought to have this or I ought to be seeing this, and some of those thoughts are not accurate. Well, yeah, not helpful because there's, they're 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 not thoughts that we're going to be able to fully achieve the, the, the bars are too high right and so therefore I'm going to be experiencing disappointment and disappointment chronically felt mm-hmm. can lead to a person feeling that discouraged defeated stuck sensation cluster of emotions which we happily refer to as being depressed you know and so so I would say the more driven you are to want to please to want to please the Lord then that's a good thing like please yeah. the Lord but you know, maybe the more perfectionistic we are in the, our approach. Well, you know, and I would say if I don't please him, is he disappointed in me? In mm-hmm. me? You know, no, actually. Um, and so, 
but I'll have that in me. Like, just keep trying or, you know, you're going to let people down. And then there, this is where it eventually goes, you know, it eventually goes to the place of, you know, if I let them down and I chronically keep letting, letting them down, then they are going to leave me. Yeah. Alone. Unwanted. This is where it all, this is like the bedrock level for people. Yeah, and, and particularly in ministry. If, if, in ministry, yes. If I'm left alone or if I'm not, it's more than not appreciated. If I, if I am not commanding you know, a powerful ministry or an effective ministry, whether it's a small church, large church, that means something about me that will bring me down into that low place. Place where I will eventually be you know, people won't want to be with me. We, you know, I'll be, yeah. you know, I'll be the kid in the park mm-hmm. where all the kids, the cool kids, divvy up the team to play Greek dodgeball or basketball. And I'm, I'm still standing over there on the sidelines and like, we're sorry, you're too young. <laughs> right. or just like, you're too something or else. I'll be that kid. Yeah. And nobody wants to be that kid. And so we work like blue blazes, I guess you might say, so that we're never that kid. And a lot of us in ministry come out of this. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we're going to get depressed. Depression essentially means that rule, another way of thinking of depression is that rule that was serving you well, suddenly you find yourself in a place where that rule is not going to work for you. And then you try harder and it still doesn't work. And then mm-hmm. you try even harder and it still doesn't work until it's like your engine is running out of oil and right. you just keep running it until it seizes. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and there you are, clinically depressed. That's how it goes. So, Bob, how do you know when you need professional help? What, mm-hmm. would, you, what would you tell the pastor or the person that's listening? Um, how would they know? Right, so there's there's... Symptoms of depression, which, let, let me get into that, uh, which would be, um, usually, it's, it can affect your sleep, it can make you sleep more or make it hard to sleep. You can uh, have a tremendous appetite or have no appetite. Uh, you can lose your libido, uh, lose your, your just sense of, just everything just seems gray and dull. You can have suicidal thoughts or you have very negative thoughts that just pop up they call them automatic thoughts but just think of something just popping up you start noticing a lot of these and they're all very very negative especially about you and the world okay so now you're not we're not in trouble yet trouble in the sense of needing to see professional help because that can be kind of a normal experience but here's where the rubber meets the road so to speak when you start to notice this kind of cluster of sensations happening more and more frequently and that's what it'll be like. It'll st- it just starts popping in more days than not. And then also you start noticing that it's affecting your relationships and your work. Those are the two main uh, ways that uh, a clinician tells whether somebody is going to need some additional support. You know? And so, so if, you're, if it's not really affecting your work, it's not really affecting your relationships, key relationships, spouse, if you're married, etc., then, then it probably, it would always be helpful to talk to someone. Absolutely. But, and, and I would say too, Bob, even if it's not necessarily affecting one's relationships or work, it's still, your enjoyment of life is so low. Yes. That, you know, some of us are very high functioning, but feel bad a lot. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think that would be another indication to seek, seek some help. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Don't try to figure out whether you are. Just, just go and have the conversation. <laughs> right. right. And, and also, you know, always, you know, for me, I guess I'm biased, but I would say now, everyone should work with a therapist. Because therapy is about self-discovery. So if you're, you're having, whatever it is that's going on for you, whether it's depressed, anxious, sad, whatever it is, yeah. grieving, then it certainly helps to, to, to work on discovering different parts of yourself internally. It right. just makes you a better person. So, so that's always an option for you. T- tell me if you would agree with this, Bob. I, I think about going to a therapist or a counselor as a work of sanctification. Um, Love that. Because when you say self-discovery, it's not self for self's sake. It's, it's as believers, we want to glorify God in our lives and we want to become more like Christ. Mm-hmm. When I am having conf- conflict with the, in relationships or when I'm having issues in my own heart, to talk with somebody who will help me talk through this and help me from a biblical, scriptural perspective, right. it's shaping me toward Christ. Uh, that, and that's what I want. I want to handle my problems in a godly way. Yes, right. And so that's exactly right. And, you know, Jesus, I would like to say, is he's fully aware well, I guess you could get into a, a little bit of theological thing there with 100% man, part of him was hidden. But anyway, let's just say he's fully aware and I want to be more and more like him every day. Yeah. And the more aware, the more self-aware I can be, the better person I'm going to be. And the less self-aware I am, the more people I'm going to hurt. Yeah. Okay, so that is a big piece right there. Well, I, I would say if somebody doesn't know their own motives, you don't, right. you, 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 do think, you can do good things, you can do things that look good on the outside mm-hmm. and yet have bad motives. So yeah, it's absolutely. Being, and so that's the Christ, being Christ-like and being the sanctified piece. Yeah. So yes. as we wrap up, um, perhaps you could talk a little bit about the importance of sleep and diet and exercise, not just with, dep- with depression, but even warding off depression and staying healthy. Just a little bit, a couple yeah. of words on that. Yeah, that's just a general wellness track for us, all of us, uh, sleep. Uh, do we get uh, what might be the most amount of sleep for you that's effective? Because you can oversleep, but let's say generally for people, it's seven to eight hours. Do you get seven eight to eight hours of non-interrupted sleep at night? Of course, as you get older, you're going to need to go to the bathroom a little bit more. But is, is that happening for you? Because it's not. If it's not, then that's, a, that's an edge for you to start pressing in on. And if you're dieting, let's see, if your diet pattern is to eat a lot when you feel empty, not hungry, they're very different. Right. Um, and, you know, I would notice this a lot after a really big youth group event, I would really want to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that's happening for us. Uh, we we want to be careful about the fuel that we, we burn. Um, and so be mindful of your diet and then exercise, uh, is obviously good for everyone. Um, how about in terms of endorphins and, and, and creating a brain chemistry that's really healthy, that helps with depression? Oh yes. Right. And so that's absolutely true when you're, when you're running, you're going to be like less likely to be clinically depressed. I would say uh, you could, you, it's possible because it's such a complex of things, but mm-hmm. you're going to be most likely to do well in your body with your mood and our moods will, you know, can slant towards being depressed when we have a pretty significant, uh, 
integrated wellness pattern for us, which includes sleep, diet, exercise, mm-hmm. Sabbathing, which, you know, I need to get better at, but this is, you know, so Pete Scazzaro's Emotionally uh, Healthy Spirituality, spirituality which, yeah. we, which you will do at Providence Church. This is, this is a key piece for your wellness is go to Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. <laughs> go to that class and also sleep, diet, exercise, and also created for connection because that's about pouring into your relationship. Right. And now you have more of a, and then your time with the Lord. Well, that goes in with the Sabbath thing, but we should spend time with him every day. Yeah. Uh, and, and especially then in your Sabbath. And that's the package for you. And that's the yeah. package. Yeah. And maybe yeah. that includes a therapist. Maybe that includes, you know, some mentors. Uh, it can be a life coach. It can be a counselor. It can be... Uh, a good good friend sometimes, Absolutely. but but most of the time we, we we'd recommend is to address the issues that are going on in one's heart. Nobody nobody comes to a counselor and says, "I'm so glad I waited an extra three to five years to get help for myself or yeah, my marriage." That was a big mistake for me to do that. Yeah, to wait. Yeah. All right. Well, Bob, I want to thank you so much for coming in and spending time with us. Um, it's really my pleasure. Good, really good to hear from you yes. and hear hear from your expertise. And so. Um, Bob Fair, we really want to thank you. Mm, my pleasure, Dave. Anytime, brother. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us for our next episode at Serving Leaders Podcast. For additional resources or to find out more about our services, you can visit us at www.servingleaders.org.